The Drive continues with Need to Know Basis on TSN 1200. Welcome back. Hour three of The Drive. Lieber Sage, AJ Jack, Quebec, Mac, Connors, Vita. The Eastern Ontario AAA Coach of the Year. Going to join us coming up in about half hour, 35 minutes from now. Also happens to be TSN 1200 hockey analyst Brad Smith. Look forward to talking to the shooter. Congratulate him on the honor. And coming up in the 5 o'clock hour, Danny Sinclair, head coach of the Carleton Ravens women's basketball team, the number one team in the nation as they go into nationals coming up. First game on Thursday. Going to join us at 525. And Ian Mendez here in a couple of minutes. AJ, what do we need to know? Well, with the Sands off uh, to Seattle, where they will play the Kraken on Thursday after licking their wounds from their 5 nothing loss in Chicago last night. Uh, looking for a little help on the out-of-town scoreboard from Columbus and Vegas, at least. The Blue Jackets in Pittsburgh tonight. The Golden Knights visit Florida, hoping for probably a Buffalo win, definitely a regulation win when they visit the New York Islanders. Uh, in other hockey news, Ryan O'Reilly is out four weeks after successful surgery on that finger. Uh, Baltimore Ravens have used their franchise tag on quarterback Lamar Jackson. So it could be the first step or the third and final step, whatever you want to say, to him leaving Baltimore. Teams will now have the opportunity to sign Lamar Jackson, Lamar Jackson which means the Ravens would either be able to match or take two first-round picks for him. The Jets contingent off to California to meet with Aaron Rodgers today, and Daniel Jones has reportedly just signed a four-year, $160 million deal with the New York Giants with the uh, franchise tag for them placed on Saquon Barkley. Alouette's president, Mario Cicchini, is the new commissioner of the Quebec Major Junior League. Lance Stroll is unlikely to return for the Bahrain Grand Prix due to injuries. At the Briar, still uh, three unbeatens in Brendan Botcher, Kevin Cooey, and Matt Dunstone. And Botcher right now up against Brad Gushu of Team Canada. It's 5-2 Gushu in that one as they head to the eighth. Vladimir Guerrero could return to the batting cage by the weekend. For the Toronto Blue Jays, so good news there. Wrexham's up 3-0 on Dagenred. A couple of goals for Ollie Palmer today. A big Eastern Ontario Junior League game tonight. Embrin against Castleman. That's 8.30 start in Embrin with the Panthers down 1-0 in that series. There's also a game at the Earl Armstrong at 7.20. Junior Canadians trying to go up 2-0 on the Richmond Royals in that series. And uh, that is what you need to know today. All right, as we try and get a hold of Ian, should mention too that... A couple of other uh, Champions League scores as well. Benfica up 2-0 on Tejan Buchanan and Bruges. It's 4-0 Benfica on aggregate. Looks like the Portuguese side headed to the quarterfinals. Uh, They're tied 1-1 on aggregate. Chelsea and Borussia Dortmund. Uh, Chelsea leading at halftime 1-0 at Stamford Bridge. So that should be a good finish in... West London. And yes, Lever Sage. Just a quick traffic note. We got a text. The 416 closed northbound at the Strand Herd on ramp. You can get on there 
with police everywhere. It's backed up all the way onto the ramp. So a quick traffic note uh, for everybody. Uh, the 416 closed northbound at the Strandherd on-ramp. So for people right now trying to get home, note that. We'll get a hold of Ian here in a minute or two. If I told you I had hockey, football, auto racing, curling, baseball, and soccer in my uh, need to know, you'd probably think it was March. <laughs> Could throw a little bit of basketball in there, and we're going to talk to Danny Sinclair at 525. Carlton off to the Nationals in Cape Breton. And Carlton, Ottawa, off to the Nationals on the men's side in Halifax. So it should be a, it's a fun time of year. I see there's bids up, up for grabs. College of Charleston, for example, team that's on the bubble. Mm-hmm. Joe Lenardi's got that bracketology every year. College of Charleston, right? I think yeah. the bubble teams are all hoping they win tonight. Because <laughs> they could be one of those teams that, Makes that it, ruins it. Makes it fun. Yeah, no, this is a great time of year. And look forward to some great basketball this weekend on the men's and women's side north of the border. And, man, March Madness is always a lot of fun at this time of year. So much to talk about with the basketball. So Danny Sinclair is going to join us today. We're hopeful to talk to James Darwin tomorrow. Uh, We'll talk to Dave Smart on Thursday. He's out of his usual Wednesday spot this week. But we'll get to him on Thursday and lots to talk about when it comes to the men's and women's national championships. Great to be able to see some of the teams. Like I said, Ian will be a couple of minutes here, but we'll get to him. We talked a lot before the break about Daniel Jones and what the Giants were going to do. And all of a sudden, Daniel Jones right under the wire, right under the wire. Four years, 160. Danny Dimes put Saquon Barkley on the franchise tag. They all did that. That all got done within the last like five minutes. The odds makers feel that Carolina and Vegas are the spots for Lamar Jackson if he leaves Baltimore. Okay. I put Vegas well ahead of Carolina. They mentioned Atlanta as well, but the Falcons have said today that it's not happening. So it feels like Carolina or Vegas. We'll see how Saquon plays on 10 million. That'll be interesting. All right. Let's go to the Gabriel Pizza Hotline and welcome from the Athletic, Ian Mendez joining us. Mr. Mendez, how are you on this apparently very busy Tuesday? Yeah, all good. All good. How are you guys today? Uh, better Top th- drawer. Better than the Senators last night. Ian, um, it's a tough one. Well, I'll just ask you. What you think of... Not only the loss, but the way they lost in the situation that they were in last night. Well, they beat themselves, like honestly. Like, the Chicago Blackhawks did not go in and dummy the Ottawa Senators for 45 or 50 minutes, and Ottawa was outclassed or outplayed. Ottawa, in fact, if you look at the shot share and the chances, probably had more shots or whatever, volume-wise. But they just didn't have uh, attention to detail. They didn't have uh, kind of a... Jam that they played, like all of the things that I think you liked about uh, their game in the last week. Like think of those Detroit games, or even at times the Columbus game, where it just it never felt like it was in doubt. 
it's like they didn't show up. And, and I think it's funny because it, it, you go back to remember all those years where we would joke about trap game this, trap game that, and uh, the old trap game theme song we came up with. It's exactly what happened last night. That, that was a trap game. And, and it's, it's awful to say. Like, and, you, and I know that we're all thinking, like, how on earth could a team that's outside of the playoffs right now have a trap game? But it sure felt that way. Like it just, it kind of felt like they just showed up and figured maybe if we just show up against the 31st best team in the NHL, we'll we'll get out of here with two points. And 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 really, I thought they would snap back into it after like the first period. They're down one nothing. Like okay, oh they'll wake up. And that second period was just atrocious, terrible attention to detail. And then it just got away from them. And then, then at three nothing, I think it, I figured they were cooked. And it it just it's disappointing given the stakes and where they're at. Uh, that they would lose in that particular manner. I felt that there was going to be, at some point during this stretch, probably a bit of a mental reset needed. I didn't think it was going to come in that manner last night, but just a bit of a mental reset in the sense that for so long we've been hearing about the top four defensemen and how that was going to solve all their problems, and I wonder if they just kind of believe that now that they had that "Quote unquote missing piece that they just needed to kind of show up and steamroll everybody, including teams like Chicago." And it it feels like a pretty good reset. That yes, the Jacob Chikrin deal is very good for the Ottawa Senators, and he's going to be very helpful for the Ottawa Senators. But it, it's not going to mean anything if certain guys revert to the way that they've been playing in in previous weeks and months. And and I think a pretty good reset that. If they take the foot off the gas against anyone, they're just not going to win. No, and, and 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 when you know when you say certain guys, I think the, the three guys that we would ask to elevate their game, or you want to see a little elevation in their game at five on five, and in no particular order. And this isn't meant to you know single anybody out. It's just to call it as you see it. But it would be Thomas Shabbat, Drake Batherson, and 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 Alex DeBrincat. Like you want to see more from. You know, at, at times, some of your highest paid players are certainly your most talented players, and you want them to be difference makers. And, and last night they weren't, but, but again, you're right. Maybe a reset is, is, is what you need uh, out of this group. You need them to, you know, it, it's, just, it's frustrating because now we know what's on the horizon. It's that murderer's role of Edmonton, Colorado, Toronto, Pittsburgh, Boston, Tampa, Jersey. I think that's the order. Seven straight games. Like, you're going to be lucky to get seven po- Like, if they can get seven points out of those seven games, I think they'll be lucky. You, can't, you can ill afford to give away points to teams like Chicago. You just can't. And I, they did such a good job against Columbus on, on Saturday. And you're right, AJ. Maybe they just thought, well, wow, we just did that to Columbus. We'll do it to Chicago. But they maybe forgot how they did it to, to Columbus, and, and they ended up being on the wrong end of a 5 nothing score. Yeah, and Ian, we've talked a little bit about the fact that after the game, you know, I think DJ Smith handled it well, put a lot on himself, but the team wasn't prepared. Brady Kachuk, watching him, you know, just being physical at the end of the game, looking like he cared, looking like he was angry, talk like he was angry. Uh, Thomas Shabbat did not after the game, and there is getting some criticism for that. How much can we read into what players say in a game like that afterwards? Is it fair to look at their actions on and off the ice and try to judge how much they might care or not care? Listen, Thomas Shabbat cares, and he cares a lot. 
he doesn't kind of communicate in the same way that a Brady Kachuk does, right? Like Brady Kachuk wears his heart on his sleeve and he does it with a ton of emotion. And that's not Thomas is a really kind of cool, calm, collected guy. Like you, you know, you can ask him tough questions. He'll answer in the same way. Very rarely can you think of an animated, angry uh, Thomas Shabbat sequence other than, you know, obviously the time he inadvertently hit uh, Travis Hamannick in the face with the stick. And that was like an aberration, right? You, you don't really see that out of, out, of, out of Thomas very often. Like, he's not the guy that, um, you know, kind of um, just, just just speaks that way. And, and I, I'm always hesitant to kind of read, like, you know, sometimes people will be like, oh, man, like, you know, just because a, a guy is kind of a quiet interview, like Alex Debrinkett's the same way. Hey, I'll give you a great example, Kyle Turris. Kyle Turris was a guy that... Uh, Boy, I don't think Kyle loved doing media. I don't think he uh, necessarily was fiery when he was doing his interviews. Um, would you say that Kyle Turris didn't care? I think he cared a lot. And, and I think Thomas Shabbat cares a ton. And I, I would be hesitant into, um, you know, reading into maybe, uh, you know, clips or whatever. Uh, what I want to see out of Thomas Shabbat is in the next five weeks or whatever it is, six weeks, and, and once they really – and they've talked about they really are going to kind of really get Jacob Chikrin up and running – and I think probably when we get to that seven-game stretch, that's when you're going to see Jake Chicken really get those top four minutes and whatever. Like, I want to see what Tom Shabbat looks like consistently at 23 minutes a night. Um, does he look a little bit better than he did? And, and, listen, last night he was bad, and, 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 and I know he was bad, and I know he knows that he was bad. Um, you need more out of him, uh, and, and he knows that. Uh, and whether or not he says it you know, publicly or not, I think that guy knows, and, and I think more importantly – I think that guy cares a lot, and um, it's going to be interesting, right, to watch how these minutes get get allocated. I think they're, they're, uh, it was very brief, but like the five on three last night, it was Chikrin that was out there, right? Um, yeah, yeah, and not Shabbat. Well, I thought that was interesting, right? Like again, I think you're going to start to see a little bit of internal competition here, and that's that's never never a bad thing, uh, especially on your blue line. I said today about Shabbat that I don't care how he sounds. I care how he plays, but the problem with that interview is it sounded like he played a little too casual, a little too laissez-faire, so to speak. And so it doesn't matter. I don't want to come and hear a guy speak and spout his, uh, you know, just spout a bunch of stuff that that isn't him. And so it's it's not a problem what he says to the media, but it is problematic when. And look, he's never going to be Brady Kachuk, right? So you get that, and and you want different personalities. But just a little bit more, or I guess a little less casual looking on the ice because it seems like it is at times a, a little too casual, a little too much one speed. Yeah, and I think that's where there's probably more room for fair criticism, right? Like the on ice, off the ice. Now we're trying to, it's always a dangerous game, right? To try to get into somebody's head and say, like, oh, you know, what were they thinking? What were they saying? Like, you know, I think it's a little bit more fair to, you know, uh, yeah, analyze the play. Now, one thing I'll never do, and I, I don't think it's right, is to, you know, criticize, like, uh, I think Thomas Shabbat's giving you his all. I, like, I think the manner in which he plays the game makes it look like he's very casual. And the funny thing is, the line between casual and effortless is very, very thin. Fair. And a lot of like, Thomas Shabbat is effortless. Like, guys, he's effortless when he's coming up the ice with the with, with the with the puck and you see the kind of the 72 the jersey sometimes you know when he's going that the jersey almost kind of flaps a little bit uh with a little bit of wind behind it like like it, it, he looks effortless and and the problem is on the nights when things don't look 
good. We just kind of take that little half step to the left and we're like, oh, he's careless. And it's, it's just the, the nature in which he plays the game. And, and I know we'd all love for every defenseman to, to, to be able to be the physical kind of all-around guy that's doing it. But that's, that's never been in his DNA. Um, what you want to do, though, is put him in positions where he can be really effective at, uh, you know, at 5-on-5. At five five. Like if you're going to ask a guy to play 22 5-on-5 five minutes a night, and he's not even killing penalties, right? Like For the most part, Thomas is very much a power play, even strength guy. You want him to make sure that his, uh, you know, the goals against and all that stuff isn't, like, listen, last night was terrible, and, and I do want to see what he, he bounces back with um, on Thursday night against the Kraken. Because remember, guys, and I, I don't have the, the, the sheet in front of me, or in, I don't know what off the top of my head, the Kraken, but the Kraken scored eight even-strength goals, right, against Ottawa the last time they played. And I don't know how many on the ice he was on for or not or what, what the deal was, but there should be a lot of guys that uh, take some pride in that game on Thursday that say, Okay, not only did we just come off of five nothing waxing from the thirty first place team in the league, but these guys clowned us in our own rink with eight even strength goals. And I'd, I, I'm really interested in the even strength game on on Thursday night. Yeah, I hear you, but I also think that this team should have been a little bit more um, angry the fact that they let a point go against Chicago just two weeks ago when they never should have left a point on the board, and they've lost to that team ten straight times. How is it possible that Ottawa's lost a, that team 10 straight times? Like, wouldn't that, and Alex Dabrinkit going back, wouldn't that make you a little bit angry? Wow, maybe Nikita Zaitsev have had more money on the board than yeah. we last <laughs> night. I don't know. Uh, it, it, is, it is wild to me that, you know, Ottawa is three points out of a playoff spot as we're having this conversation, and they just gave the Chicago uh, Blackhawks three points yeah. in the last two weeks. Like, yep. think about that. Like, yep. If, if they had taken care of business in the manner in which they should have taken care of business, they're tied for a playoff spot today. And, and look, and, and I know that the nature of, look, listen, I, you know, we've all done, you know, live radio, talk radio, whatever. Like, and the nature of it is it's very much the ups and downs. And today you should probably feel pretty dejected if you're an Ottawa fan or ang- probably more, it's more anger than anything. But like, I, I guess, I'm at the point, too, where I'm like, it's nice to care about the games again. It's nice to be angry about a 5 nothing loss and not just, ah, ho-hum, like we're just playing out the string here. And I, I want this to keep going just for the city and for the fan base. And, um, you know, I, I, I don't want people to think that everything that they accomplished through Saturday night has somehow evaporated in the span of, you know, 24 hours in Chicago. Um, I'd like to think that they're going to still be kind of in the mix, so to speak, when they come back home against Colorado. But but it does absolutely take away some of the excitement. Like, I think we all walked out of that building on Saturday thinking, that's one of the best uh, nights that I've you know experienced in that arena in the last five years, if not the best. And and for it to all just kind of, I don't know, evaporate with, with the snap of a finger, it, it feels a little sudden. And, um, you know, they, they've, they've been playing. They, they still, they're still the best team in the NHL since January 23rd. I don't know that one game uh, completely alters that. Yeah, and, and in the end, right, they still, you know, they, they probably needed 12 wins going into last night. They still need 12 wins. And now, so the math doesn't change. What does change is now one of those wins that you would have hoped, you, you would have circled 12 teams. Okay, these are the 12 teams we need to beat. Well, cross off Chicago, and now 
add in a, another win against Jersey or Toronto or Carolina, right? I mean, it, just, it gets more difficult, but the math is still doable if you go somewhere along, along the lines of 12-6-1 down the stretch. Well, and I think what's really important, too, what, what really hurt last night is a Buffalo and Washington lost in regulation time. Like, you had an opportunity to pass the Sabres in the standings, and you didn't. Now, what also hurts is Pittsburgh's playing tonight. Who are they playing? They're playing Columbus. That, again, in theory, should be two points for Pittsburgh. The Islanders are playing. Who are they playing? They're playing the Sabres. So somebody's getting two points there. Like, by the hopefully time Ottawa, not three, right? Well, and hopefully not three, but, but certainly by the time Ottawa hits the ice again on, on Thursday, they'll certainly, in all likelihood, be further out of a playoff spot than they are today. And that, that's what really hurts is that, okay, I always felt like uh, they could afford to lose six times, maybe, maybe seven in regulation time, but six or seven games. And, and you're right when you say, okay, well, you've got two against Tampa, two against Toronto, two against Carolina, one against Jersey, one against Boston, one against Edmonton, one against Colorado. You're like, okay, well, there's your six or seven. You, you can't be allocating that. They got a game against Philadelphia later this month. Um, that's got to be two points. And, 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 and the other thing that we're not talking about enough is they have two head-to-head games with the Florida Panthers um, between now and the end of the season, one here, one there. Uh, I mean, that could be that's going to be a lot of fun, isn't it? It's going to be a quasi-Kachuk brother, uh, you know, playoff-like atmosphere maybe for, for those guys. Like, those are the games that really matter. And it just, yeah, it's, it's maddening that they would have lost that game. And, and what makes it worse, it's not like they got goalied, right? Like, I know Stalock made 35 saves where they got the shutout, but it's not like Ottawa dominated the game. And, and like, I think we're feeling different today if they lost 3-2, to two, right? And they, they just they outshot Chicago 49-15, to 15, and they just, hey, I think we're having a different conversation. It wasn't that. It was just a, a largely uninspired effort at, at times last night. Should we be concerned about their goaltending situation with Cam Talbot being injured? Yes, absolutely. It's it's a huge question mark. You know, it's crazy. I was actually in Belleville yesterday. I was down there to do a couple of, uh, you know, just features on kind of just catch up with Ridley Gregg and, and uh, JBD and then try to meet the new head coach and David Bell. And I'm there for practice. And, and Mandalazzi was on the ice. And, I, and I, I, it's, the funny thing is I even thought to myself, like, ah, do I have time to talk to Mandalazzi? I was like, nah, I'll leave it because I've got, you know, three or four other guys to talk to. So he came off the ice at, I want to say it was 11.30 or whatever. There was nothing, you know, when you've watched enough practices, you know, you can tell when something's amiss or like somebody just suddenly leaves the ice in a hurry or, you know, you, you know, none of that was going on, at least to my knowledge. And I, as soon as I saw that, that, that note yesterday saying Mandalay's been called up, I thought, how on earth is this guy? Like I was in Belleville at the same time as him. And, you know, to, to, uh, tip of the hat to Jordan Filmser, who just does a fantastic job as the uh, you know director of team services there with the Senators, to, to be able to get Kevin there because weren't we all thinking like go through your mind when 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 Artem Zub's knee hit Mad Sogard in the head, uh, like the name Scott Foster should have been buried deep in our brain. It shouldn't have been at the tip of our tongue like it was last night. And you know, Cam Talbot he looked a little funny on thir- on Saturday night coming up. Um, this is. Uh, Boy, it's just it, it, it's a tough one because if you're going to make the playoffs in these twenty win twelve or thirteen of these twenty games, you're going to need probably nine twenty nine thirty save percentage on a consistent basis. You you're, you can't outgun the team and win games five four every time. And to ask Mad Solgard to come in with fewer than ten games of experience and carry the load, 
and Mandalese with two games of experience, I think it's a little much for them. Um, you need Cam Talbot. So, yeah, you should be a little bit worried if you're Ottawa that uh, the Talbot was not good enough to go last night. Hopefully he'll be good enough to go Thursday. Um, but, but we'll see. Uh, these lower body things, especially if they're kind of like the hip flexor slash groin, the problem with those is they never quite go away, right? Or, or it certainly doesn't feel like they go away for goalies. That it could just, any time they're pushing off, it could, it could rear its ugly head. And that, uh, you know, it's, it's not a great feeling for the goalie. It's not a great feeling for the teammates or goalie coach. Or the co- co- you don't have a ton of confidence. And so, you know, fingers crossed it's not a big deal, but it obviously was a factor last night. Last one, uh, what did you learn in Belleville yesterday? You know what? It was, it was great. Look, first of all, I got to say, uh, David Bell, who uh, you know took over under you know obviously tough circumstances for him. Like, this guy didn't ask for for this to, to just suddenly be thrust into the head coaching role in the middle of the year. Um, what a fantastic! And I don't know that it comes across in the interviews that maybe he does. Uh, that what a fantastic interview! Like this was one of the best conversations I've had with a hockey person in a long, long time. And I'm excited to actually put this feature together because you know this guy has had one of the most colorful entertaining uh, paths to get to where he is that I've ever heard. It, like, like these stories, I could I, I said to him at the end, I, 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 I turned off my recorder. I said, like, Dave, David, how are you not writing a book? He's like, yeah. He's like, I should really write a book. I'm like, yeah, you better get on that. Because he's like, he's like Ian, he's like, I'm, I'm only telling you about 1% of the stories. He's like, you have no idea. And so, like, he's been through bankruptcies and, and all sorts of things with, you know, East Coast League teams that uh, folded. And, and you, know, uh, just, you know, if you think that David Bell uh, taking over Ottawa's farm team in the middle of the season is crazy for him, it's about the probably 150th craziest thing that he's ever witnessed in, in hockey. So I, I really appreciated the conversation with him, and I'm excited to kind of put that, uh, that, 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 that story together. I know you got to go, Ian. Thanks very much for your time. We always appreciate it. Look forward to each and every Tuesday. So we'll wait till, you know, a lot will be done Thursday, Saturday, Sunday with three big games and four nights at the end of the week. Oof, what, what conversation are we having next week, guys? Yeah. I'll ask you it's who the starting goalie is going to be in 2000 in September, and then we'll start from there, okay? That's right. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. Have a good one, guys. Thanks, Ian. There goes Ian Mendez from The Athletic on the Gabriel Pizza Hotline. Gabriel Pizza, the official pizza of the Ottawa Senators. That's interesting about David Bell. Yeah, and uh, I've always enjoyed my discussions with him, ex-Ottawa 67, that played for Mm -hmm. Brian Kilray and uh, seen him in a lot of different places from the Ontario Hockey League to the AHL and beyond, and uh, he, he definitely has quite the resume and it's good to have someone that that's been through some ups and downs so that when there is a little bit of turmoil, it doesn't really feel like, like much. And a lot of those lower minor professional leagues guys would have dealt with that. If taking over an AHL team in the midst of some weird dismissal is the 150th craziest thing on the list, you're right. (laughs) Be able to handle it. No problem at all. So we'll be looking forward to that piece from Ian. And again, what conversation are we going to be having next week? Who knows? Hopefully one that we still care about what's going on. And he brought it up. I think it's okay to be angry and still appreciate the fact that you care about games in March. I think it's okay to be angry about what you watched last night from your hockey team and still have a bigger picture perspective. 
Well, we'll ask someone who's been there and done it before. The shooter, Brad Smith, coming up soon. Eastern Ontario AAA Coach of the Year. And we'll, we'll ask about what happened last night as well. So always good to talk to Shooter. We'll do that next here on The Drive on TSN 1200. Welcome the back. The Drive continues on TSN 1200. Well, either I was early or you were late. I'm going to go with you were late because I wanted to get people a chance to get their tickets, Matt. He didn't the, even start singing. For the 67. We don't have time for that. 67's in the Peterborough Pete's March 24th. Four tickets. 750-1200, star 1200 on the Bell Network, caller 12. Get through to Vita. He'll be late answering, but still. No, you won't be late. You'll, you'll be on time for this? Okay. Four tickets to go see the 67s and the Peterborough Peets. March 24th. If you want them, caller 12 right now at 750-1200, star 1200 on the Bell Network. And when we come back, it'll be the shooter, Brad Smith, here on The Drive on TSN 1200. Let's get back to the drive on the home of the Sens, TSN 1200. Am I allowed to talk now? They started singing, Matt. Welcome back to the drive here on TSN 1200. Lever Sage, AJ Jackie, back, Matt Consvita. Do we have a winner before we get to our next guest? That's why uh, this time, because you had me doing 17 things in that short break. Well, uh, But Dean Mariani. Wow! Caller 12, going to see the 67s. Gets me pumped up when AJ gives a little oomph at the end there. I usually play it when I've already played Creatures, Spence, Diamonds, Wow. Mm-hmm. And I can't remember. I, oh, I played the Creatures, Spence, Diamonds, Wow in honor of our next guest when we made the announcement earlier in the show. But since I played that before, now I had to add AJ's fake laugh at the uh, end for uh, Dean, who's going to the 67th game. Congratulations, Dean. Uh, Nothing fake about the award he won and the fact that he does great analysis here on TSN 1200. The American Hockey League Hall of Famer, the shooter, and the Eastern Ontario AAA Coach of the Year. Brad Smith joining us on the Gabriel Pizza Hotline. Congratulations, Coach. Thanks very much. How are you guys doing this afternoon? Pretty good, Jack. Got the uh, you got the Jack Adams of the U eighteen AAA. Well done. Congratulations. It did. No, thanks. Thanks a lot. It's uh, yeah, it's it's a great award. It's a it's a good uh, good award for our organization because um, we 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 didn't start off so great. We were 3 and one to start the year, and we we turned it around uh, in, in short order and. Uh, and got the kids playing, and uh, and I uh, think they've had a good time doing it, which is uh, which is just as important. That's how you have to win a coach of the year, right? Like lose a little bit at the beginning, look like you're not very good, and coach kind of rallies everybody around. That's right. Keep the bar low, and then yeah, all of a, all of a sudden uh, step <laughs> step up and, and do it. But uh, no, like our general manager uh, Terry Nichols has been great, and the assistant coach Mark Minion um, uh, has been has been tremendous in, in terms of. In terms of our preparation to get the kids uh, get the kids playing, it's a big commitment, um, and it's great to win things. But we're trying primarily with with this group of 07 and 06 kids is to get them into the uh, the CCHL, and uh, AJ's done the circuit uh, of that league. It's pretty good hockey, 
And, uh, and if they can go beyond that and get them drafted in the Ontario Hockey League, uh, even better uh, where they can mature for a year and then, and then play at that level. And, and it feels like, and you can, I'm excited to come see you guys play. I'm going to come see you guys play on Saturday at Richcraft and really looking forward to that. But it feels like this is kind of going to the system that they've seen out West for a long time where AAA hockey at this at this level, which essentially is midget AAA, it's U18 yep. AAA. But for the longest time, it was like, okay, once once kids reached 16 years of age, they either went to junior A or junior B or or whatever. But it feels like AAA hockey at this level seems to be a, a real good route to go and develop it and move up the ranks. Yeah, 100% it is, uh, AJ. And uh, it's funny, just before jumping on uh, – Jumping on the the air here, I had a conversation with Dennis Bonby, former senator and and uh, and tough guy, if you will, and and he he's looking for uh, an opportunity for his son to keep playing uh, because that's what we want here is kids that are sixteen, seventeen, uh, specifically sixteen year olds. If if you can't quite uh, crack a central junior lineup, which is good hockey, or an OHL lineup, you have to have a place to play that you're going to continue to. Uh, take hockey seriously, obviously, but continue to improve to try to get to that next level. So it's, I don't know how you want to term it, but it's kind of a buffer year. Uh, And and you want kids to, kids to not stop playing hockey. And uh, that's definitely our goal with the, uh, the 73s here in Kempville. Do you find that kids even have a little bit of a, a chip on their shoulder, something that motivates them with not being on a CCHL team or an OHL team by, that age and then they come even more focused does it work that way it certainly does and it's it's funny when uh, everything that's on social media right now if if, uh, if a kid is selected from a different team uh to a team ontario select uh, a different team in our league everyone takes notice and uh and then things get a little chippy on the ice uh, you know because kids think oh that should be my spot and it, it's the nature of the beast it's competition uh, so yeah, it starts even at age 15 uh, with these these central scouting uh, ratings and uh, where kids are 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 slotted for that May draft in the Ontario Hockey League, which uh, which as I said, hopefully we're going to have a few, well more than a few kids drafted here uh, because there's upwards of 15 rounds. For you, how have you enjoyed just coaching, and is this something that uh, you want to keep doing? Oh, yeah, I've, I've enjoyed it a lot. It's, uh, you know, we've, we've had a tremendous group of, uh, of parents that, that support, just let you coach, um, and, uh, just focus on the kids improving. And, uh, it's, it's, it, yeah, cause I had coached previously like, at, at the, at the professional level where it's, where it's a lot different here. You have 15, 16 year old kids. Um, some of them don't have their license, obviously <laughs> to get out to practice on time and, and get their structure going. Uh, but to see their improvement uh, within the team concept and, and see them getting better uh, weekly or biweekly is, is really gratifying. And they, they and they're all coachable, and uh, and they all have their own little personality, which is which is fantastic. Uh, you know, you got certain kids that are uh, that are that are chirpers, and and certain kids that are uh, that are introverts, and and you're trying to mesh them into the into the context of the team. Uh, so yeah, it's been, it's been a lot of fun. Uh, we have a good time with the kids too. And, you know, it, it is a game where, 
you know, we, we still practice two or three times a week, but we make sure the last five or 10 minutes of practice are kind of the kids time, especially if they've been playing well, where they can, you know, they can play their three on three or they can do their, uh, their shootout, uh, whatever they choose to do. It's amazing in that answer. I mean, it's hard not to notice that the first words out of your mouth that we have a good group of parents that let us coach because that's not always the case, right? And especially at that age, everyone's got opinions. And what that's like in 2023, I'm sure, is a lot different than when you grew up playing. Absolutely. And uh, it's it's the technology also. they can uh, People can track their kids' games, right? As to, well, maybe, maybe he's missed a, a couple of minutes here that he's usually playing and it's like you have to explain well you know your kid was in the box for three penalties that's why his ice time's down (laughs) (laughs) they missed that stat when they were tracking right yeah yeah, that's right rose color glasses but uh yeah no for the most part they they sit and and, uh everyone has a role and identifies with their role and they and there is a lot of uh a lot of hockey you have a 42 game regular season, not including two showcase tournaments and exhibition games. So, uh, and we're in playoffs now and it goes North, it goes well North of 50 games, uh, 55 games by the, by the time you're, uh, you're all done with it. So there's enough ice time there and there's enough, uh, there's enough room for personal growth, um, as kids, as kids move along here. And as you can imagine here, these kids are still growing, right? When you're, um, 07, 06 is, um, they're growing throughout the year. They're getting stronger throughout the year. So it's uh, it's really uh, neat to see. And before we turn our attention to the Sands and, and where they're at right now, just, uh, you know, big weekend this weekend for you, but for all the teams that uh, are involved in the playoffs because everyone's got a dream, right? And at, at this level, it's to get to the Nationals, which is the TELUS Cup. And the road to the TELUS Cup begins this weekend at Richcraft for, for all these teams. So uh, uh, tell us about this weekend and just uh, that, that dream that all these teams have of uh, eventually not only winning the league, but uh, going to the Provincials and, and then going to the TELUS Cup. Yeah, absolutely. It starts this weekend in your best of three, and you've got to try to get yourself out of Ottawa and into the Provincials where uh, where you can and you can try to keep going, and uh, it's, you know if you if you if you're fortunate to get to the the big dance, then it's uh, then it's even better. But uh, the amount of exposure uh, starting well, it's already started throughout the year, but this weekend in particular, uh, where you see kids in a, in a high end competitive uh, atmosphere in a best of three, and uh, let them go at it and and, and find their way out of it and it's uh yeah it, it's going to be uh it's going to be really interesting and it's going to be a lot of hockey through march and uh early april five nothing the blackhawks beat the Sens last night what'd you think uh terrible game but what'd you think well great start and then i started watching it and it happens sometimes when you when you when you don't score right away uh, things unraveled in a hurry. Uh, you look at it, you can point fingers all over the place. Uh, goaltending wasn't great, but then the goaltender can say, well, you didn't score a goal for me. So you guys weren't great either. Just an absolute dud of a game. And I think what happens there is the team had been playing so well. Um, and there's that, that belief system within the, uh, the core that I think they're, 
they, they honestly believe they're going to make the playoffs and they fell in love with themselves for 24 hours and it, it happens. It's, it's a very difficult thing to explain. Um, but you almost get overconfident and you forget that there's another team on the ice, despite being at the bottom of the, you know, bottom of the standings and, and probably a, probably the leading candidate along with the ducks for, for Bedard. Um, but you, you, you fall in love with yourself and, and you think it's going to be easy and it just backfired. So it's, to me, it's like, wow, that really happened. Shouldn't have happened, but it did. And the bigger question, Lee, is how they're going to respond to that um, when when they continue this swing here. And, and this, whether you're playing great or not, that Western swing, is it's a tough one. And generally they've responded quite well, right? I mean, when they've had duds, you know, yep. through DJ Smith's era, they've generally responded well. So I feel like they will respond well. My question to you is about the blue line and my sense was that look that this wasn't the greatest defense in the league pre chikrin but it had been adequate this year and that maybe the biggest problem within their defense was just how some of their guys most notably Thomas Shabbat have played and 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 that that was a bigger issue than what was missing personnel wise now on paper when you look at it with chikrin and Sanderson and Brandstrom and Shabbat and Zub and Hamannick, like this looks like a really good defense. But just because you have a really good defense on paper doesn't mean it's going to be good every night on the ice. And I, I feel like their biggest issue right now is just getting the best out of everyone in that group each and every night. And and I feel like last night, I hope it's a pretty good reminder that just because you have a pretty good defense and what looks like a pretty good team on paper, you'd love Norris back, right? Because they, they still look a little bit thin up yeah. the middle, especially in their bottom six. But just because you have a really good team on paper doesn't mean squad if you don't bring it each and every night. Well, exactly. And you saw it on, on Saturday night when they when they basically dismantled Columbus. And you can say, well, Columbus is, is, is right at the bottom. Well, so is Chicago. And uh, you, you didn't get the same effort and uh, not the same effort, the same level of execution. And, and you're, and you're making mistakes and you, and you, you just, you just named the one guy that Shabbat makes, makes some glaring mistakes. There, there is no question about it. And uh, if you're looking at, if they're on the outside looking in at the end of this, there's three points against the Chicago Blackhawks um, where, where they, they should have had them. And, uh, I think the slotting is going to take care of itself here. Uh, I don't know what more you could ask for in terms of uh, getting Chikrin and, and how he's played. Uh, you basically thought he played very well in, against Columbus, obviously with, with, the, with the goal and the assist. Played on zero sleep and, and played 19 minutes against the, the Rangers uh, a couple nights before. So I, I think it's, it's getting to know the guys and getting to know it's not just getting to know the guys, it's getting to know their tendencies on the ice. And uh, that comes through repetition and uh, not just practice. They don't have a lot of time to practice here. They're playing so many games, uh, but in the games, the repetitions in the games, the, the, the multiple shifts together, uh, I think that's going to make a difference. Uh, but they're going to have to turn the page in a hurry on that Chicago game. Before we let you go, like I, it was a stinker last night, but... Would you rather lose that way to get everybody's attention 
would it be have better to you know feel like you've won the game even though you, you got something that happened to you? I don't know. Like having a bad game like that at this crucial time is really tough. But they put themselves in this spot. I guess is it better to get everyone's attention back on the same page with the way that they were embarrassed last night? Yeah, I, I think so. And and I and I like the the I'm on the side of the uh, the captain's reaction to this, uh, where he he got in a fight, and uh, that actually changed the momentum game the game for a little bit. And then going after the goalie, it's just frustration at the end of the night. But it's kind of building something up here where we've we've turned the corner, or we we think we've turned the corner and playing really well. And I think that I'm I'm one of the I'm one of the ones that think they have turned the corner here, uh, just on on who they've acquired. Um, but uh, yeah, it, it stings either way to lose that badly. But they have to ha- they have to look at it as okay, we've got four four games on the road here. And how many points are we going to get out of this? So, uh, like I said, losing's not good either way. And they got embarrassed. And it stings. It would not have been a good feeling in that dressing room after. But, like I said, it's about what they're going to do the next game. Um, that, that'll that be the telltale sign. I'm curious about what the Kempville U18s are going to do next game after their coach hmm. won Coach of the Year. And I know it's Saturday, what, 5.15 at Richcraft? Yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm ex- I'm excited that you're coming. I'm coming. You, I know, I know, because you I've I've heard you're slotting there with. Uh, I think you're out in Embrun. Embrun tonight. Uh, it's Athens uh, tomorrow. Watching the Sens game Thursday. Uh, date night Friday. No games, and going to see uh, the mighty Kempville U18s on Saturday. This is unbelievable. I'm so happy you can you can fit us in before you go to Italy. <laughs> I haven't even told anybody yet on the air. Okay, I've just told people I'm going to wreck some. Where to go, Brad? Part of it. <laughs> where to go, okay. Brad? Sorry, sorry to No, it's that. okay. It's all good. It's not a secret. I just felt like people didn't need to hear about it. That's all. Oh, okay. Okay. Apparently, well, that was <laughs> the only thing on the list that people didn't need to hear about was was that. I had a longer list, but that's okay. Um, yeah. Don't forget San Marino too, and my game in the San Marino League. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you're anybody more than welcome to come out. Big Red came out the other night. Yeah. And uh, yeah. So uh, yeah, come on out. And uh, it's a good brand of hockey, and it's an exciting brand of year, uh, exciting time of year for the kids. Tell people again exactly what, what time and where they can come if they want to watch the coach of the year. <laughs> I don't know if they want to watch me, but it'll be five fifteen at Saturday at uh, Richcraft. All right. Just off of, just off of Montreal Road. Animated, like I need. I'm gonna get the scouting report. I hope you guys win, but I'll get the scouting report from AJ. Like animated behind the bench, yelling at guys, yelling at the refs, getting other people to do his work. Quiet. Like, what kind of coach is Brad Smith? Oh, I, I get fired up once in a while. If I don't, if I don't get last change when we're the home team, I, I get, I get fired up. Um, <laughs> but it's, uh, it's always a good time. It's always a good time. All right, we'll talk to you soon, and we do appreciate the time. Congratulations, that's great. Okay, thanks a lot, guys. Yeah, cheers, Shooter. Coach of the Year, Eastern Ontario AAA, Brad Smith, the shooter on the Gabriel Pizza Hotline, Gabriel Pizza, the official pizza, the Ottawa Senators, out at Richcraft, AJ. Apparently, very, very busy time for you. Yeah, looking forward to that. Well, you can't put the cart before the horse. 
Embrin, Athens. What yeah, else? Just is- one day at a time. What else is there? What? Embrin, Athens. Well, yeah, watching the Sands on right. Thursday night, and and then Saturday at Richcraft. Yes, date night. Sorry, I forgot about date night. <laughs> on Friday, yeah. yeah. I don't know what you're going to do to top last Friday. I mean, it's well, awfully continuing difficult. to plan our trip, which is including six soccer games. Well, since Brad told people, right? Yeah, you're going to Not, Italy and yeah. San Marino. Yeah, I'm looking to go to England, Ukraine at uh, at Wembley. Uh, games at the San Siro in Milan, the Olimpico in Rome, and the Maradona Stadium in Napoli, a game in the San Marino League, and I uh, already got my Wrexham ticket, so there you go. That'll get me to 50 games in Europe. I'm asking honestly, if you've already got six games, what's left to plan? Well, there's a lot left to plan. It's ensuring that the rest of the trip goes swimmingly, and that all of her wants and desires get fulfilled. How many countries? Just England, Wales, Italy, and San Marino. Yes. Sorry. Four. <laughs> well, and technically Spain because I'm cheap and I got us... <laughs> saved us 100 bucks by getting an eight-hour layover in Ibiza on the way home. So Spain. So there you go. Frugal, you are. Thrifty. Steve Bunda, with a look at your news. 580 CFRA News Update. Come back with what you need to know. And Danny Sinclair will join us in the next hour. The fourth hour of The Drive. Coming up here on TSN 1200.